this week's episode, I profess my love for all things Kieran Gillen. We give our analysis of the new Captain Marvel trailer, and we share our ideas for great DC gifts. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. As always, you're here with T and with Chris. Woo! It has been a long... <laughs> I feel like I've started every episode with the, like, somewhat excited woo. <laughs> it's like a half excited, like, I don't know what to say. Woo! <laughs> it's a tentative woo. I don't I, it's I panic. <laughs> I could just be, like, a professional person and be like, hey, I'm here, too. How's your... I didn't see you come in. I like your woo. I think woo. it's it's a woo of hope. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a woo of this is going to go okay and we're not going to, like, have our fort destroyed by a cat or uh, something oh, like geez. that. It's, it's, it's positive vibes woo. It would help if we actually had a studio. That we have a be, floor. We have a floor and a blanket fort. Anyway, hi. Hi, how how has your week been so far? Good. Uh, good. Good yeah. week. It's been. I mean, it's the holidays, so it's always there's always like that level of stress. You know what I mean? Like everyone, it's funny because like you watch TV and like listen to the radio stuff, and everything's about like it's the holidays, yay! Welcome to the holidays, and like all the holidays, <laughs> like all the holiday stuff is like peppermint and chocolate. So it's all the like, it's like everyone's trying to make it. A spa day. Everyone is being Delilah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's trying to make it a spa day, but everyone's also on fire. So <laughs> it's kind of, that's how the holidays are. So it's like nice. You get in the car and it's like everything's jingle bells and like calm and pepperminty. And then it's like, oh God, I have 40 things to do today to prep for whatever is coming up. So, But it's also the holidays. So like I wake up in the morning and I don't want to do crap. I don't want to get out of bed. I want to put on, like, keep my pajamas on, go to the kitchen, get cocoa, and then not move for 12 hours, and then just fall asleep wherever I am, and just continue to repeat for the entirety of December. Yeah. I feel like that's the trap that's been set, is that holidays are filled with overwhelming amount of crap to do on your to-do mm -hmm. list, and you also still have to continue to go to work, which... Come on, America, shouldn't we be past this by now? Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> We're jolly people. I'm too jolly, it's the problem. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I guess we should dive <laughs> right into this thing. This week was a week of number ones. Oh I, my god, it was. I feel like I drove into number one town for an appointment, and then I got lost, and then... I did a bunch of circles, and I ended up reading way more number ones, that, and that's all I feel like I read. Yeah, I didn't even get to all the number ones. Like, I read really? a few. Yeah. What, what, what number ones did you get to? I read one I really liked that I picked up strictly on the grounds that it had a pug in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, it's called Grumble. It's a pug named Grumble. No, it's he's not named Grumble. I thought he was gonna be named Grumble. That's um, the cutest name for a pug. Yeah, it's but the book is called Grumble. Okay. I don't entirely know why. I, I mean the the two characters on the front cover 
look like they would be grumbling, like as if they're like grumble. Um, but it's it's a fun book. It's uh, Rafer Roberts and Mike Norton are doing it. It's from Albatross, which is Eric Powell's publishing company. It's it's fun. It, it feels kind of like Hellblazer or like Angel, you know, the okay. show Angel. Yeah. Um, it's got big. that kind of antic to it where this guy is it's this magical world but it's also kind of sci-fi-ish which i love like one of the things i love is when like demons or supernatural stuff is kind of made a little bit sci-fi like it's still demons or still like archangels and stuff like that but they're a little bit like sub-dimensional kind of thing yeah so they do that in it, and it's like this magical world, and there's spells, and there's this, don't know too much of what's happening, like somebody's part demon, and there's this guy who is kind of the angelish, the hellblazer, Constantine-ish kind of guy, like scummy human who knows magical things, and um, he turns himself into a pug to try to rob a dude, <laughs> and then through fiasco, <laughs> he gets <laughs> stuck that way. So he's, like, walking around on both legs like some dude who had too much to drink the night before, but he's a pug. And, um, <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. It's just a fun book. It's kind of the that. theme of my picks for the week is just, like, teehee, that was fun. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess the number ones and whatnot that I actually got to this week were, like, very lighthearted. But it's it's cool. I, I highly recommend it. It's not, you know, Albatross isn't something that pings on everyone's radar because it's not Marvel, DC, or Image. But it's it's super worth picking up if your store got it. Go out and pick up Grumble number one. Huh. See, meanwhile, you're reading all the fun, carefree stuff, and I'm reading just anything that could be really depressing. Mm-hmm. So my top pick for the week is die karen gillen <laughs> stephanie hans the one thing i want to highlight this week is die <laughs> okay well welcome to goth time <laughs> with defense, tea i i assumed it was die like die die but it's actually die as in one singular dice yeah yeah because it's it's rpg <clears throat> themed right yes and if you look at the shape i noticed the other day the shape i'm pretty sure i haven't actually like cut it out and math it out but all the covers have like a shape where yeah. there's like a dual even the uh, there's a few exclusives for it that are really sick they all have the shape in the middle and i thought it was just kind of an arbitrary shape but i was looking at it and i'm pretty sure it's actually like a dodecahedron that uh, uh, would make like sense a 20-sided die yes, so like if you were to cut it out sense. and fold it up it would form into like a dodecahedron so it's there's a word for that where you like take a 3D shape and you cut it into planes like you flatten it out yeah i don't know if there might not even be a word for that but I think if you cut that out and folded it on the lines, it would form like a D20. Huh. Or maybe a smaller, maybe it's like a D10, I don't know. Well, the um, book is stellar. First of all, first of all, I am a big old Kieran Gillen fangirl. Yeah. I'm just going to establish that because I don't want anyone to think that I'm I'm not being upfront and honest. I am It's like Kieran. This is a disclaimer. Bendis. Oh yeah. And like Hawkins, right? Is that yeah the top cow guy that you're like obsessed with? Yeah, I love Hawkins, and then probably Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson, because I read yeah, yeah. if she touches it, I'm gonna read it. 
<laughs> so, and she's touching a lot right now. Slow down, Kelly. I'm a little overwhelmed. Don't go to a library, Kelly Thompson. <laughs> and if you do, keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, because slow down. if you touch, if you walk down the aisles wistfully, <laughs> just fingering the books as you go, T's going to be right behind you, like, freaking got to read this one. And freaking, this is an encyclopedia. I'm so not thanks, that Kelly. fast of a reader, so please stop. Yeah, anything she touches. <laughs> but, will read. so Kieran Gillen. One of my favorites. I love Wickdiv. I'm re- I, Uber. I'm I'm all over it. This book is classic Huron. It's beautifully laid out thus far. Mm-hmm. It's clean. It gets right to the point. It doesn't oversell the history of the plot, which is nice because I feel like a lot of time you have that that mandatory. This is why we're here now. Kind of drag in the first issue, but this had none of that. It it just bit to bit to bit, and it's a lot of internal monologue, and it's beautiful. Stephanie Hans is typically a cover artist, um, and she's done a ton with Kieran. She's done a lot of covers of Wickdiv, and this book is beautiful. Like it looks almost painted, and it's stunning, and. It's super dark and intense and deep, and I'm really excited to see where they're going to go with it. It also feels a little bit whimsical. I mean, it's mm-hmm. dark, and it is, it's going to be intense, but there's this little touch of whimsy that you don't necessarily always see from Kieran. He's very based, despite the fact that he does fantastical storylines. It's usually very based in reality, but this feels very whimsical. Yeah. And and I'm excited about that. It's nice when you can just be sitting at home after, like, a long day of work and somebody just rolls into your home and touches your little whimsy. Whoa, man. <laughs> Whoa, what? man. You, what? You, you make everything sound weird, man. <laughs> I just like to be touched on the whimsy. Oh, God. I don't understand. Anyway. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I, another number one, continuing the number one train, woo woo. Uh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I start every episode with sounding like the episode of Futurama where Bender got like really fat. He became, he became a human and he got like really, really fat. And they're, like, pushing him off stage, and his, like, fat pockets, like, gas is exploding <laughs> out of his fat pockets. I know that And episode. so they, like, roll him, and it's like, woo! <laughs> woo! Can I start? I need to, I need to go in. I pre- prepare everything, and then I we do the opening, and I'm like, I didn't prepare shit! Um, you do kind of look like a deer in headlights every time I start this. You're always like, I forgot that we have to say stuff before we say stuff. How do I charming? Um, (laughs) not like that. (laughs) So I read Shazam number one. Shazam. (laughs) It was good. It was good. Yeah. It, uh, Jeff Johns is writing it and he seems to give a crap about the character, (laughs) which is tough to say for DC lately. As Shazam fans will know, Shazam has been getting the short end of the stick in newer things. So they're bringing him back. 
Well, and this is his. This is the first time he's had his own run in like twenty years, right? Yeah, and it's been a long time. It um something like that. I don't I don't know the number, but he wasn't really present in New Fifty Two, and when they did the rebirth thing, they never really like referenced what was going on with that, and uh, now he's back, and he's got a number one. And it is fun. It's a fun book. And they're making him into, they're doing it new. So it's kind of like an origin. Okay. Um, so he's like a new Shazam. Okay. And his like Shazam family, his Shazamily is. <laughs> Thank you. That one's on the house. Uh, is also new. But they're not really like weighing it down with origin. They didn't really. They, it's like two pages in the beginning is like, here's how Billy got his powers. He shared it with his family. And then it's like comic time. That's and they're nice. doing these cool, I hope they do it for everybody. I'm assuming they're going to. But in the first one, they focus on Mary. Um, but they're doing these like small snippet origin stories of the Shazamily uh, mm-hmm. in the back, um, written and drawn by other people. That's cool. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, the first issue has kind of an interesting twist. I'm excited to see where they go with it. The art is very comic booky, like very kind of mainstream art. It's good. It's good stuff. That's fun. Very fun start to a fun character. And I'm excited about that movie. I think that movie looks Yeah, I'm pumped badass, about the movie. I think it so, looks really entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. So on the same DC train... I read Martian Manhunter number one. Okay, cool. That book is bananas, you guys. I So it starts very stereotypical, like, oh, hey, he's a detective, and la, 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 he's on a crime scene, and he's using his superpowers, and it's cool. And then they jump to, like, a flashback of him on his home planet, and they don't... They don't sugarcoat. They don't explain anything. You're just there, and people are saying words and doing stuff, and there's races, and there's, like, social commentary and all mm. of these things, and you have no context for any of it, and you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of like that because I feel like it doesn't simplify or stupefy anything for the reader. Like, figure it out. Catch up. But at the same time, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea if I'm supposed to, like, was this in another book? (laughs) Like, it it was a couple pages of me just staring at it like, that's not a word. I'm not supposed to know that word, right? That's a joke, right? Am I supposed to know that word? (laughs) He made that up. It's a cool book. I think it's going to be a cool start. I really dig the art. But, yeah, I'm. it's worth a pickup. I don't know how much... It's going to progress, but it, it's starting out pretty cool. Steve Orlando writing that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Like, anytime they do a new Martian Manhunter, I always get interested in it, and then I kind of pass on it. I feel like he's one of those characters, and it, it, he very much is. Like, his entire history, even going back to the early, early days and Silver Age stuff and whatnot, is one of those characters that, depending on the writer his power level is different. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Superman is pretty much always like everyone's like, oh no, Superman. But 
you know, sometimes Martian Manhunter will be the type of character that can give Superman a run for his money. Like in the animated series in Justice League, he was very much like he could beat the crap out of Superman. Yeah. And uh, but then other times he's like, I'm slightly weaker than Superman. <laughs> they even did that, I think, back in the early days, like way early when he was first like being introduced and joining up with like the league and whatnot. They would have him like comment on like. I saw some panels recently in an article. I don't know why I was looking at it, but they would have him comment on, like, thank goodness Superman took care of that bigger meteor. Now I can blow this little meteor out of the oh way. Oh, my God. And, like, stuff like that. Like, they were very, That's like, weird. we need to make sure he's not stronger than Superman. So, I don't know. I, I um, you mentioned the animated series. One thing that I find kind of weird about this, and I... It's a little hard for me to reconcile, so I haven't actually read a lot about Martian Manhunter in comic form, but I was very familiar with the TV show, and I love Martian Manhunter. I thought he was one of the most underrated characters. He's so he's so noble, but without being kind of the, like, boastful Superman, I am the savior of America. He's just sort of like, I do the right thing because I'm not a douchebag. And I really <laughs> like Martian Manhunter for that, but in this... His whole story is that he was, like, he was a super corrupt cop on his home world. Hmm. And, like, kind of a D-bag. And it it kind of hurts. Like, I don't know if that's the actual context of him from other know. previous I, yeah, stories. I'm not. But it's weird. And I'm, like, I'm used to him being super noble and honorable. And maybe him being here is, like, a redemption factor mm-hmm. or something. But it's... It's really hard for me to reconcile having the only reference I have really being the TV show, and now he's, like, kind of bad guy, and I'm like, I don't want you to be a bad guy. I yeah, want maybe... you to be John. <laughs> Just because you are a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they're giving him some sort of, like, need for redemption sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. So. But anyway, not a bad, not a bad start. The last one I wanted to bring up today came out of left feel for me was um self-made and another image number one yes and this book it started really weird i'll go ahead and tell you it starts and you're like okay i don't understand how this is even a book like how did they publish this and then it starts to twist and then it starts to turn and then by the end of the book you're like holy crap i did not see that coming I did not see where they were going with this. Hmm. I need to know more. They did a genius job. It almost feels like you're watching a movie rather than reading a comic. The way they frame everything. I don't want to spoil anything. I want you to have the same experience that I had. But just telling you now, it's awesome. Stick with it. Get through the first few pages. I promise it's worth it. It is so cool. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to read that one. It is, really it is dope. So, neat. All right, moving right along to news. This week was overwhelmed by the MCU. There's, yeah, I geez. feel like everything that hit the news stream this week was about Marvel movies, Marvel TV. It was all very Marvel. Well, we should go ahead and talk about the obvious. Captain Marvel trailer. Oh, you guys. Did you see it? What did you think? Okay, so... You hated it. 
right? I'll be, I'll be. You obviously, you <laughs> are not a fan <laughs> of female-driven movies. <laughs> so obviously you didn't like it. Okay, I'm going to be right up front with y'all. I cried. <laughs> I cried like a little girl. I'm watching this trailer, and it's so powerful, and they did all of the costuming right, and her hair is right, and the epicness is right, and she's beating people up, and she's so powerful, and it it's just like the first time I saw the Wonder Woman. When I when we, we saw Wonder Woman in theaters, it was funny because it starts rolling, and they, they get into the scene where the women in the Amazonians start going to battle. And I mm-hmm. remember sitting in the theater and you were sitting next to me mm-hmm. and I just started bawling because legitimately there had never once ever in my history been a movie that showed women like that. There mm-hmm. had never once been a time when it was just all of these epic, not overly sexualized, not hyper contextualized women just being badasses yeah, and it felt butt. so powerful and it was the most amazing feeling and this trailer gave me that same feeling again so i'm sitting there watching every scene just crying yeah i i, <laughs> I am it's super so i'm super excited i am very excited for this movie i think anybody who's not excited can shut up um <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know who you are. You get out of our playground. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really. You can have your opinions. Um, but I I really, I agree. I really like the costuming. The visual effects look great. They look like, I was worried going into it that they really like, because in the comics, Captain Marvel is freaking like hardcore. Like, yeah. She is powerful as hell, can stand up to pretty much anybody that she feels like. You know, just tears through space, ripping buttholes open of bad guys. And I was worried they would tone it down to try to make her fit a little bit better. Because they they have kind of toned people down here and there. They've recently started getting Thor back up to where Thor should be. And I think that's because Thanos is here. Like, you can't have Thanos be kind of a pushover. He's got to be really hardcore. And, you know, they they even comment on it when Vision first comes around, like in Age of Ultron, Vision's rolling around doing Vision stuff. And he's really the first one that any of them have seen doing that because, again, Thor has been kind of a little bit more heavy-handed yeah. than he is in, the, yeah. in some of the comics. I mean, even Scarlet Witch is a little bit neutered. Yeah, yeah. And so they have Vision rolling around doing Vision stuff. And, you know, War Machine, I think, is like really stunned by it at one point and it just really stands out compared to you know a dude throwing a shield and everyone else is punching like most of the marvel cinematic universe for a long time was just like punching aside from iron man like repulsor blasts pew pews you know everybody was just hitting crap with other crap (laughs) whether it was their hand crap their foot crap or like crap they found on the ground they were just hitting people with it and then you've got this dude shooting lasers and like you know phasing through people and i think you know you see like ragnarok for thor was really about getting thor's power level back up like yeah. he lost mimi and he <laughs> gets like hella lightning powers and like whoosh, and i feel like they've been building because their next step when they start bringing more people in they're gonna have to start bringing in like really hardcore people 
the next and, step like, really, and the next wave has to be more because cosmic of people. yeah because of that you're gonna have to have the people that you currently have be a little bit more hardcore and i think they did that with black panther too like black panther is nigh unstoppable compared to the rest of the regular avengers like he spends the pretty much entirety of civil war just humiliating as many <laughs> Avengers yeah. as he can. Even Spider-Man to a degree, like Winter Soldier and Falcon for a lot of what we've seen of them are like really hardcore fighters, like really good at what they do. And then Spider-Man comes in and is like, thwip, thwip, funny joke. And they're embarrassed. So they've really been... He seems a lot stronger too. Yeah, they've really been balancing the power towards more more what it is in the comics. Like mm-hmm. we're going to really like superhero this bad boy up. And it looks like they're doing that with Captain Marvel, too. And I'm really excited. She's, like, flying through space, blasting things with her hands. And she's got the cool mohawk, which I'm so happy they did the mohawk. I'm really pumped. I am really – I think her and uh, Nick Fury, so Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, seem to have really good chemistry. But, yeah, it looks like it's – you know, Marvel's sticking to the kind of, like, buddy cop type formula that they've been playing with lately. You know, because yeah. they had Ragnarok, they had Ant-Man and Wasp, um, even Spider-Man and Homecoming to an extent because he had uh, his roommate, his friend. Yeah, So true. So they've really been, they found this formula of like, we need to have a second person there of a lower power quality to some degree, you know. Um, and just before people light me up, Ant-Man is the lower power quality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before, before people are like, are you trying to say that Wasp isn't? No. Just stick with me here. She was the We all know Michael Pena's character is the most powerful character. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's dope. It's a great trailer. I would have liked to see some, like, character stuff. I would have liked a little bit better look at the scroll. as like... Maybe see them changing shape or, like, see an army of scroll. I don't I don't think there was, like, an army of scroll um, doing scroll things. I would have liked maybe, maybe a super scroll. I don't know if they have super scroll. I imagine they do. Because he's a Fantastic Four guy. Like, he pops up with Fantastic Four a lot. But I can't imagine they could have the scroll and not have... Dude, I don't know. We- anyway, weirder um, things have happened. I mean, Paramount still owns Namor, for Christ's sakes. Like, <laughs> it's it's a weird world we I, live I wanna, in. I want a Paramount <laughs> Namor movie. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to watch an hour and a half of Namor doing nothing because he can't be with anyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just rolling around buying mankinis. And um, brooding. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I would have liked to see more of an antagonist. They didn't really show. They showed a lot of action, uh, but not really like a, this is your end. So I'm still kind of up in the air on where that's going to go. I like that it kind of looks like, it's Jude Law, right? Jude yeah. Law is, I like that yes, it is, he's kind of looking like a dickhead. So I don't think they're going to do like a, I love you kind of thing. Bee boop romance. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to keep it very like. He's an arrogant douche, <laughs> you know? Which is so. good. And they, it's nice, too, because I feel like they're not doing what they have often done with characters, a la the Tony Stark treatment, where yeah. she's going to be super quippy and funny, even though she's a super serial character. It actually seems like she's going to show up and be, like, kind of deadpan. And that's 
almost the whole reason why they put her with yeah, that's, Nick um, Fury, because Nick Fury's kind of got some jovialness to him. That's the, um, their, like, buddy thing that they're doing is their way of getting around a huge criticism of their movies, which has been that they're making everybody quippy, even yeah. if they don't need to be quippy. Yeah. Because that was, like, one of the biggest things I heard, and I read a few reviews that said it, too, about Doctor Strange, and it was one of my biggest qualms with Doctor Strange, was that he was so damn quippy. And I feel like they helped retcon that a little later yeah. on. And so then they bring in Black Panther in Civil War. You can't really have Black Panther, like, slapping down the quips. No, you know, you Like, he's not going to roll out and, like, start workshopping his stand-up set while he's beating dudes up. So they had Shuri, and they had... Uh, Martin Freeman's, Martin Freeman's character. character, whose name escapes me. And even uh, Claw, even Claw had jokes, you know? So you can let other people who... Killmonger? No, Killmonger didn't have... Any Kill, jokes. Killmonger barely had well-delivered lines. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ayo! Uh, yeah, no, Burn. um... Yeah, Schmeagle's Yeah, that's character. right, that's right. <laughs> Schmeagle. Schmeagle's I like character. It. Yeah, Andy Zirkus his character. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Claw. He had jokes. He had funny moments. So, you know, they figured out that in order to preserve kind of the fan outlook and sanctity of this char- of the characters, because Carol can be funny and lighthearted. Like, she has those moments. But there's a difference between, like, being lighthearted, being kind of smug and kind of, you know, confident, and generally being quippy. You know, yeah. there's a difference between Captain America and Deadpool in that regard. Yes. Like, Cap can be funny and make jokes at people and, you know, be adorably naive or be, like, really confident and, you know, just not backing down. But he's not really going to, like, make underwear jokes yeah. or something. Absolutely. You know? and, and, and Carol they, in the comics does a lot of, um, she's a little sarcastic, but she's also a little self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. And so her humor doesn't typically come from her, like, huh, huh. Like, she's a great counterbalance and a counterweight to Tony Stark. It's why they're yeah, constantly yeah. getting into yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to not Tonyfy her, which is good. Um, it's great. It's going to be good. I'm really excited. They'll probably, right, because there's other trailers coming up, right? Yeah. Soon. Yeah. So... We were supposed to have the Avengers trailer today. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, We were supposed to have the Avengers trailer today, but unfortunately it was a day of mourning for um, George H.W. Bush, who passed away. So Marvel decided to push the Avengers trailer until Friday, and then apparently Spider-Man trailer is going to be coming out on Saturday. Nice. So, again, this week is just Mm. Marvel all over the place. Well, while we're talking about Spider-Man, Jake Gyllenhaal, officially (laughs) Mysterio, you saw the whole thing, you saw the video, right? Yeah, he posted a video where he's reading a Spider-Man Mysterio comic, and he just slowly sets it down in front of his face, and he's just, what the F? And it's super funny. It's his only Instagram post. (laughs) <laughs> he got an Instagram specifically to make this post. He's reading an Amazing Spider-Man 311, which is the return of the man called Mysterio. 
And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Good stuff. This episode, Mysterio. Hey, if you need an um, announcer, call this guy. Yeah, right? Give me work. Uh, <laughs> I'm not desperate. And he commented on it, and the comment on it was, just realized I'm not playing Spider-Man. <laughs> and in the background, he even has, like, an amazing Spider-Man 66, which is another classic Mysterio cover uh, from 1968. Super cool way of announcing it. I don't know how to feel about it, though. I'm not really ultra familiar with Jake Gyllenhaal in general, admittedly. I know him from Donnie Darko and <laughs> Bubble Boy. So... <laughs> I, somewhere in between there, I guess Mysterio could, like, if you take the bubble and you just put it on the head only, and then he summons, like, hallucinatory giant rabbits. Well, the only additional real basically there. experience I have with him is throwing a little Brokeback Mountain. So I guess if you tie them all together, Mysterio's going to pop out of something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Mysterio doesn't get broke back <laughs> Or, I mean... I'm having faith in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe because they've done a great job of casting the past few years. I'm very impressed with everyone they've chosen. I think they've done a good job keeping things consistent and picking people that fans would like, which is nice. Um, I think Disney knows that it's better to make fans happy than to piss them off. They're learning that the hard way with Star Wars. And <laughs> I feel like they want to do what's best for the fans and the characters. And so I think they probably did a good job. I think he'll do well. You know, he's a prolific dude. He's done a bunch of stuff. It's a weird role. Like, Quentin Beck and Mysterio, it's weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's going to be so visually cool. Mysterio will be really cool. I'd love to see Mysterio in a movie. He was one of the ones I was hoping to see originally, like when Spider-Man movies started coming out, because I think he's underused, and he's really cool for like that kind of like live-action type of thing, because you could do a lot of really fun stuff with it. One of my favorite Spider-Man games is... Uh, Shattered Dimensions, that, one, that one's called. Yeah. And he's the main bad guy yeah, in that. Yeah, that was and a good one. So, I don't know. But that's cool news that like just got announced, and he seems to be excited about it. And I think that's what matters in Hollywood is when like the actors are really excited, you know? Yeah. Because like, Josh Brolin, great Thanos. I don't think anybody really would have pegged him as like big purple guy who wants to kill off half the universe. But he is really excited about it like was really excited about that role when he got it and freaking killed it and i mean josh brolin really has like a thin level of visible excitement (laughs) but he mentioned being excited about it so that's how we know scientists took hd footage and zoomed in and you can see two pixels at the tip of his mouth turn upward when he talks about thanos that's awesome. Yeah. So. Speaking of excited actors, they just announced that Marvel is fast tracking a Shang Chi movie. Woo. And there is discussion 
that it is Master probably Kung going to be an all Asian cast, Asian American. I mean, it, sh- it should be. It should be, agreed. Yeah. And the only reason, not only, but the primary reason why they feel they can do that is because Black Panther did so well. And the recent film, Crazy Rich Asians, which had an all Asian cast, did incredibly well and blew the pants off of box office statistics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recently heard a thing on NPR where they were talking about that they had moderate expectations for that movie, and yeah. it broke every record and every expectation they possibly could have had. And so I think those two factors kind of combined, and Marvel realized, mm-hmm. oh, wow, we can do this. And so I think that's going to be a super good movie. Yeah, I, I'm really, like, I was really pumped when I heard the news. Part of me was kind of bummed. Because I think Shang-Chi would do really well in the medium that Marvel built on Netflix. Mm. Now, the Netflix stuff is being eradicated. <laughs> Slowly. Explosion. The Netflix stuff got snapped. It was really And, snapped. you know, everyone's bummed. I am 100% certain that they're just going to move the shows over to their streaming service when they get that off the ground, which they announced the name of that, and I don't remember what it is, but once they get that off the ground, they're just going to move the shows over there. Now, if they didn't want to move the shows over there or didn't have plans, they have an opportunity with the Shang-Chi movie to really, like, open up that world on film. So, like, they could start working those characters with those actors. So, like, the Daredevil that we know from Netflix and the Iron Fist that we know from Netflix and, you know, maybe not as much Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I don't know how much of Shang-Chi interacted with them, but I know he had, like, Daredevil and Iron Fist interactions because Kung Fu uh, and Daughters <laughs> of the Dragon. Um, whoop, whoop. That would be really cool. That would be really that's cool. That's a super, that's not confirmed or anything. That's just me kind of theorizing and spitballing it would be cool if they used the shang chi movie to kind of make take that netflix universe and make like a separate mcu of ground level defenders type heroes yeah and they could do another ghost rider you could do a moon knight you know what i mean like and you could do them as movies and that gives them like because i hate to say it like i'm sure they know but everyone's a little wary on like what happens next like once avengers is done and we're going forward, and we've got Guardians push now because James Gunn made bad boy tweets. Um, <laughs> where do we go from there? And I think that would give them something to supplement, kind of like what they're doing, what Disney's doing with Star Wars, where they're doing, like, main trilogy, solo. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, these little, like, tidbits. So it's like you have your entrees, and you have your hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And they were kind of doing that with the Netflix stuff, I think. It was kind of like satisfying the Marvel fans. But now that that's gone, they have the option to do it as its own sort of cinematic universe. But I still think 100% those shows, we're going to get, they're going to open it with Daredevil season four because that was the one that pissed people off the the most. And it's going to be, you know, we're just going to assume they're dead. Disney's going to start their streaming service. And then suddenly we're going to hear about how Daredevil Season 4 is coming on that streaming service. And as much as it sucks having to get another streaming service, I really only had Netflix for those. Yeah, (laughs) same. Haunting a Hill House, great. Some of the movies that are on there, cool. Watching, like, 
old That 70s Show episodes over and over again. Great. But I was really there for the Marvel stuff. It's true. So. Same. Same. Well, you did mention Star Wars, so I just briefly want to mention that um, it has been apparently confirmed that episode (laughs) episode nine is going to have knights of ren in it boo this this group that (laughs) we probably should have had in the movies in the seventh one so lean in lean in close to your speakers if you're using earbuds cram them into your ears (laughs) so that i am very very close to you because this is the part where I'm going to say things that are going to alienate our podcast forever (laughs) from a certain group of people. You're allowed to like what you like. That's fine. I will never judge you for being fans of the new movies. But the new trilogy is garbage. (laughs) It is poorly written, poorly organized. They put no effort into it. And she was telling me about this Knights of Ren thing before we came into it. And I think it's so dumb. I think at this point they should have just said, that's a plot hole. Maybe we'll have a secondary movie where we cover it. But let's leave it out of the trilogy. Because now we're going into a third movie in a trilogy. The final movie in a trilogy. Which, first of all, I would like to say we have no reason to give a crap about this third trilogy. The First Order is basically in a wreck. Everyone is safe from the resistance, you know, uh, Luke is dead, which whatever, or, you know, he got snapped too. Um, (laughs) And Rey has her powers down. Finn has a girlfriend, which is a shame because I thought him and Poe made a great couple. They (laughs) didn't leave anything hanging for you to really be like, whoa, what's going to happen next? So it's going to be a fresh story, but now they've got an entire group of people that we have to take the time to try to understand who the F they are. Now, I was thinking about it since you told me, and I think the one saving thing that they could do is we pick up the third movie with the First Order basically in tatters. It's falling apart. It's losing support. And the Resistance gaining all kinds of support. And it just opens with Billy D. Williams throwing like a happy Resistance party. And slinging Colt 45 at everybody. (laughs) And everyone's happy. And then we come to find out that Kylo in the, you know, ruins of the First Order reunited with his Knights of Ren. And is going like full Sith balls all over the place. Oh, that sounds Like, awesome. just taking what's left of the First Order into an extreme, more extreme form of tyranny, and news is just now getting out that this is happening. And so you've got this, like, fresh Jedi ray, and this will be, like, a good distance of time, kind of like how the second one was a good distance of time from the first one. Right. Um, it wasn't, like, a huge distance of time because we still had Ray like just freshly meeting Luke. But this would be like a good distance of time and everyone's really comfortable. And then suddenly it's like Kylo is going crazy. That would and be like, awesome. The Knights of Ren are going crazy. Because they spent so much of the last movie getting us to the point where we can accept that Kylo's not redeemable. You know? Yeah. Like he's not going to pull a Vader and be like, 
you know, take my helmet off. I want to be good now. It was an accident. Now my force spirit looks like a young oopsie. kid again. Yeah, oopsie. Uh, I did a boo-boo. Um, <laughs> so I think they need to just own that. Yeah. And they need to just accept that we know who the Knights of Ren are, or we can at least collect it from the data that we have. And they need to just dive into the action, dive into the story, and make it about, I don't know, I don't know what the message would be, I guess, like, you're never truly safe, or like, don't get cocky, kid, or something. I don't right. know. I don't know what the message that they're given with any of these. And I'm sorry if you're a fan of the new trilogy, and I just took up like so much time talking about how I don't like it, but it just hasn't been good, in my opinion. It has not been well thought out. I have an exceptional amount of feelings and opinions about the most recent trilogy, and. If I go on a tangent, it won't end, so I'm going to keep it locked in. I'm going to lock it down. But what I do want to say is that I think I am excited that they're going to bring Knights of Ren in, if only because I didn't see a whole lot of reason to see the next one anyway. Mm -hmm. Exactly for what Chris said, that they're just, they ended with no forward momentum, and I didn't understand what even was supposed to come next. Mm -hmm. So honestly, if you wanted to make the entire next movie almost like a single solo movie that had nothing to do with anything else, and it's just about this like badass group of Knights of Ren or whoever they are, descendants of Sith being badass, I would watch that. I would watch that gladly. That sounds like a fun thing. So, you know, whatever. Maybe they'll go up against the... Uh, Spearman of Stimpy. Oh. And there is your bad pun for the day. <laughs> I should have said, like, Cavaliers of Stimpy. That would have been smarter. That would have made me sound better than I sound right at this moment. <laughs> Which is Own what it. Own what you say. My life is a series of trying to understand how I can sound less like an idiot than I just did. <laughs> That's my life. Own, own it. All right, now we're going to move right on over to our final segment. We're going to keep it kind of quick because we're running out of time. Yeah, and we don't want to hold um, y'all up. Last time, T talked for like an hour about her gift suggestions. Well, this time I'm super succinct because <laughs> I I have a complete reason for each thing that I think you should buy for people. Hit us up. So, All right, so this week it's DC. So we did our Marvel gift guide last week. So if you have Marvel fans in your life, you want to know what to get for them, pop on over to the last episode, check it out. We have some good suggestions. T talks a lot in detail. Really good reviews of the stuff. I, I you know, am busting her balls, but... Really good reviews of the stuff that she thinks you should get. And we talk about a few different things. So this week we're going to do DC stuff. So for people who are fans of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and others, uh, I think one of them is named The Flush, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what gifts, T, do you think someone on that side of the world would enjoy? So... I have three books in mind that I think are good options. Um, everybody has somebody who's a Batman fan. Mm -hmm. They're that person that it doesn't matter who the bad guy is or who the other counterpart could be. Would Batman be able to beat so-and-so? Yes. The answer is yes. It's always yes. So for that person... Would Batman be able to beat Batman? 
which Batman? Oh. Uh, but My jimmies. For that person in your life, I would suggest Batman White Knight. Mm. Um, it's a recent read. It basically talks about so um, an alternate world where the Joker gets medication and is not a bad guy. He He's, he's smart and he has positive, good ambitions for Gotham and wants to do the right thing. Yeah. And it is by far one of the best reads I had recently. Um, I think it's a wonderful book and it's available in trade paperback and it's only $20. So that's a really good option. It's probably not something that your Batman obsessed friend picked up. Um, another one that is really good for a more general read um, a general DC fan is called Identity Crisis. Um, it's a classic yeah. hardcover trade paperback. It's incredibly dark. It is dark. It is it very is, deep. Yeah, it's not a lighthearted. No, movie, it, it don't get it for you know your eleven year old cousin yeah, Jimmy. Don't, don't but get the kids. it's a brilliant read. It is brilliantly written. The plot will surprise you. It is genuinely excellent so that is definitely an option for your list um the last book that i have as a suggestion is actually it there's two volumes of it it's a relatively recent uh run called gotham city garage it's takes place in an entirely other universe kind of um and it's kind of post-apocalyptic gotham where lex luther brainwashed everyone with technological devices and brainwashed Batman to do his bidding. And a group of super females take up shop outside of the city and kind of just trying to live their life and take back Gotham. And it's a really fun read. It's a nice take on the characters. It's really interesting. It's good for, you know, the women readers in your life who are looking for some empowerment because these girls get shit done. Um, so that's, that's a really cool one. My last thing that I wanted to suggest, if you've got some money to burn, or you're really trying to impress a friend, Prime One Studio has come out, is coming out with a Supergirl statue soon. It is Supergirl holding Streaky, the super cat. It's a beautiful, adorable statue. It's about 31 inches tall. It's also... $1,050. (laughs) Nice of them to tack that 50 on there. You know what I mean? So it's it's a commitment, but it's real pretty. (laughs) It is. The prime one stuff is. So maybe, hey, maybe you won the Christmas lottery or you got a Christmas bonus that you didn't actually want to put toward bills. Maybe you have a couple of new podcasters that you really want to show how much you appreciate them. And you're so mad they don't have a Patreon yet. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, how do I make them know that I appreciate their simple and kind of dumb podcast? Yo, slide into our DMs. We will tell you where to ship. Slide into my DMs. So for me, I was trying to think, I spent the week trying to think of books, and I just, I honestly couldn't settle down. Like, Identity Crisis was one, Frank Miller Dark Knight Trilogy was one, um, White Knight, Dark Knight's Metal, Kingdom Come, Final Crisis, like, there's so many good 
really contained. Like, DC's really good about containing a story. Right. Like, Marvel can get a little long-winded. Um, can. Yeah. But DC is very good about just, like, containing a story and making it in a nice package where you can give it as a gift. So I couldn't really hammer that down. So I decided to talk about the other thing I love about DC. DC does statues and action figures so incredibly well. This is true. So for Marvel, I mentioned the, like, Venom statue. So I just want to kind of run through. There's, like, a bunch of different types of statues and action figures that DC has. And by no means are these the only ones or the only good ones. Um, explore, go check out a toys, toy shop or a comic shop that has a lot of toys. Check them out online. Like, you can get Superman ones, Flash ones, Green Lantern ones. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, but these are just ones that stand out to me. There's a Batman black and white series. Um, it's monochrome, so black, gray, white. Batman statues and action figures, those are all really cool. They did a Batman Who Laughs one recently, oh, that's which cool. is stellar. And those run about like $80 for statues, $30 for action figures. Harley Quinn has her own kind of side of this. It's like, I think it's called like black, red, and white, or like red and white or something. But a bunch of different like small vinyl Harley Quinn statues, those are like 80 bucks. The bombshell statues are super cool. I love the bombshell statues. Yeah, if you're out of the loop, the bombshell stuff is DC superheroes, but done in like 1940s kind of pinup style. Yeah, um, think World War II. They're very nice. I think polystone statues. They run about 125 to 250 dollars, depending. So they're hefty, um, but for like a loved one or something, it they're would be incredibly a cool well made. Got a they're, bunch of different characters, um, mainly female focused, but they're all really cool. And they have a lot of like they each one kind of tells its own story, which is really cool. Uh, also, more on the female side, obviously, is the DC Covergirl statues. Um, this is probably going to be the next statue we get. To be honest, they have a Catwoman by Joelle Jones one. uh, It's so pretty. Just came out, I think, last month uh, in November. They're about 125 bucks. Um, They're large statues, really well made, really well painted. DC is just awesome with the uh, quality control on their stuff. And then, like I said, there's there's so many others. Um, They have DC gallery statues. Those can run from like 45 and up. Um, they, again, another Batman Who Laughs came out for those. Those are a little bit lighter weight vinyl statues, um, for all different characters. And then, you know, you could go big. Sideshow has plenty of DC related stuff. But yeah, the, the options for toys and, you know, decorative pieces with DC is the way to go in my opinion. And yeah, a little bit pricey with like $45 being kind of the minimum, if you're doing statues, 30, 30-ish, 30, 35 being for action figures. But if somebody's a fan of Batman or Flash or Green Lantern, you know, nothing really, like, gets that fan going, like having something they can put out on their desk or they can put on their nightstand or wherever they want to put it. You know, put it right by your bed, and every time you wake up in the morning, you roll over and you see Hal Jordan standing there and just fills you with green will. <laughs> and then you get your coffee, and you're like, <laughs> I feel like coffee is like my Coffee's green your lantern ring. light. You're you're the <laughs> you're the coffee ring. It's just like a brown ring, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh God, she's the brown lantern." <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, it's cool. I'm it's coffee." And they're like, "Oh, woo, woo." 
I think my ring's more like it starts red until I've had enough coffee and then it's green. <laughs> yeah, that's your your uh, your lantern. Uh, like he's got the lantern that charges his yeah. ring. Your lantern is a Keurig. <laughs> shove your fist in there and you're like ah brown lantern's light (laughs) that's fantastic no sleepies will escape my might well that's all for this week you guys thanks for hanging out with us we are glad you came and joined us and i don't know if you noticed but i didn't start this episode with the uh we're doing it again. That's right. I just assumed it's we're going to keep doing happening. it. It's happening. But I'm going to mention it now because I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. But thank you for joining us. If you want more Cover B, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Cover B Podcast. We are now syndicated on all of the major places where you might want to listen to us. We're on iTunes, Google Play, everywhere and beyond. We're on your smart bridge. We've got links. We're <laughs> in your brain. <laughs> right now we've got links to all of those on our website coverbepodcast.weebly.com you can follow me and chris on our instagram accounts stay tuned for next week for our next episode we'll be talking about our image and other comic other everything guide hate to just lump it into other but we have a minimal amount of weeks and we figured you know we can talk about a lot of different independent and creator owned stuff so so come back next week hang out with us again for the next episode of cover b have an awesome weekend you guys 